Richard Branson, Michael Phelps, Justin Timberlake, James Carville. Wait a minute. Where are the women? Greta Gerwig, Lisa Ling, Audra McDonald, Simone Biles. That sounds like a list of highly successful titans in a variety of industries. They all have ADHD, but you don't hear much about that now, do you? You know what else you don't hear about? Are the 43% of people with ADHD who are in excellent mental health. Why aren't we talking about them and what they're doing right? I'm your host, Tracy Atsuka, and that's exactly what we do here. I'm a lawyer, not a doctor, a lifelong student, and now the author of my new book, ADHD for Smartass Women. I'm also a certified ADHD coach and the creator of Your ADHD Brain is A-OK, a patented system that helps ADHD women just like you get unstuck and fall in love with their brilliant brains. Here, we embrace our too-muchness and we focus on our strengths. My guests and I credit our ADHD for some of our greatest gifts. And to those who still think they're too much, too impulsive, too scattered, too disorganized, I say no one ever made a difference by being too little. Hello, I am your host, Tracy Otsuka. Thank you so much for joining me here for ADHD for Smartass Women. You know, my new book, ADHD for Smartass Women, is finally out. It came out yesterday. And if you go order it at ADHDforsmartwomen.com forward slash book, you'll get bonuses like a master series with me that starts out teaching you all about what ADHD looks like in women. You can also order the book at your favorite bookseller or go purchase the book at your favorite bookseller and just add your order number to that form on our book page at ADHDforsmartwomen.com forward slash book, and you can get the bonuses as well. You know, it's been so exciting to deliver this strength-focused message into the world that turns most everything you thought about ADHD on its head. It's a little scary, too, but I keep saying that we need to be a little uncomfortable every day because that discomfort is actually what fosters growth. And I really need to practice what I preach, don't you think? So I'm honored to be leading this mission of focusing the spotlight on ADHD women and their brilliant brains. After all, this is not just a book. It's a revolution wrapped in paper. Pixels if you're e-reading or sound bites if you're audio listening. So for this episode of ADHD for Smartass Women and the next episode, I had the pleasure of chatting with nine real-life women who are in different stages of their ADHD journey and have also found reflection and resonance within our book. Many of these women I'd never met before. And since nine was way too much to include in one podcast, today you're going to meet five of them, and then in our next episode, you'll meet the additional four more of these wonderful women. They've generously shared their personal stories that showcase the unique paths they've walked, and they will share with us the impact our book has had on them. 
you'll find warmth, wisdom, and a community in their stories and insights. So let's dive in and see where their experiences might echo your own, or even better, help you connect that missing piece to your own ADHD puzzle. Now, let me introduce you to Stephanie Bellata. Stephanie earned degrees in math and mechanical engineering and quit engineering to open a brewery. Of course she did. And after a few years of that, she sold her half of that business and eventually entered the nonprofit world where she now manages professional development for Girls on the Run International. You can find Stephanie at hookedashville.etsy.com. I have Stephanie Bellotta here with me. And Stephanie, I don't know a lot about you. Can you kind of give me a two-minute who Stephanie is and then maybe tie it into your ADHD story? Sure, sure. Um, well, I'll, I'll start with my ADHD story. So I, I was diagnosed about uh, two and a half years ago when I was 37. Um, it's like a very, very common story among um, women in their 30s type of diagnosis story. My, my oldest son was actually diagnosed first. Um, very typical hyperactive ADHD boy. And so, you know, like a lot of ADHD women and girls, I, you know, I'm not like that. I'm just not like that at all. I am like very highly structured and very organized and I've always been this way, um, you know, high achieving, did great in school, all this stuff. And so it was something that, you know, I didn't see any of that in myself. And, you know, the the signs are definitely more subtle for myself. I, the hyperactivity is really on the inside. Um, I know a lot of women say that, uh, ADHD women say that, and, you know, it's a lot more of the kind of daydreamy, um, not great at listening um, all the time. I have had multiple career changes, um, which is why when you ask to tell tell you a little bit about me, I'm like, oh my gosh, uh, I don't even know where to start. Um, I've had uh, quite a winding road in my, um, in my career path. And similarly, college, I changed majors like four times. It's just, yeah. So this, that's kind of where my ADHD showed up more in myself. Um, so again, just not what you see in the typical ADHD young boy type of presentation. So anyway, where this all kind of came into clarity for me, you know, like I said, I always was very organized and very structured. Um, so no clue that ADHD was happening for me at all until really I kind of hit a tipping point when the factors, external factors and internal factors kind of all came to a point where um, my coping strategies just weren't really enough anymore. So Typical mid-late 30s type diagnosis, you know, the hormonal shifts, I think were really the key piece that started to make the symptoms a lot more noticeable, a lot more, um, you know, affecting a lot more areas of my life. And I have three kids. So, you know, I had my last kid at the age of 35. So really the hormonal roller coaster, 20s and 30s, um, all of that you know, started to really affect my, my ADHD type symptoms, my, my focus, my, um, you know, just being, just being able to sit and, and do work. And of course, just the executive functioning required to take care of three kids. And, um, all of this happened really 
during the pandemic as well, um, which is a whole other piece of the of of the situation. Um, my work became full time remote at that point, and so trying to work from home. I was struggling to focus. I couldn't stay seated in my in my desk, like in my chair. I just would be like, I can go clean something over in the kitchen really quick. And I'm just like, what is going on? I was having trouble paying attention in meetings and it was just getting worse and worse. And I I just I started feeling like like I'm losing my mind. I'm this is like early onset dementia. I don't know. Yeah. Um and so yeah, anxiety was just really, really ramping up at that point in my life. And so and what's crazy is that, you know, when my son, my son had been diagnosed with ADHD a couple years before I did. And in all of the extensive research that I did in trying to help my son, I like I never saw myself in in any of it. And, you know, I wasn't even looking for it in myself at this time, but I was listening to some podcast completely unrelated to ADHD and the woman being interviewed mentioned just kind of in passing about being diagnosed with ADHD in her 30s. And she said something like, oh, you know, I was a voracious reader as a kid. And now I can't even get through a paragraph. And, you know, all the things she was saying, I was like, wait a second. And so at that point, it kind of triggered my mind. And I started researching. I came across your podcast. And uh, yeah, and so once I kind of saw more of what ADHD looks like in women, how how it manifests completely differently, um, then I then I identified it in myself and sought diagnosis and yeah sure enough um, definitely have ADHD um, but yeah once I was aware of it um, you know that was really that was that was the key just being aware of it if you don't know that you have it you really you just start to blame yourself um, thinking there's something wrong with you and you know just I'm losing my mind dementia, that right it's kind of scary right right so. Um, and, you know, you just start getting down on yourself. And so if you don't have that awareness, like knowing what's actually going on, um, it's hard to move forward and to succeed in that way. So, um, yeah, I guess the main thing, I think the key really is that awareness. Um, and for me, like I'm one of the lucky ones that medication does work for me. Um, it's helped me quite a bit. But really just I, you know, taking, like I said, um, you know, your podcast was was one of the things I I voraciously listened to um, when I first found out I had ADHD, um, and it's you know it's really a matter of trying out all the different strategies. Yeah. There's so many different strategies, um, all of which are in your wonderful book, and you know finding what works for you. So for me, it's like externalizing all of my executive functions, um, writing everything down, timers like analog clocks everywhere in every room in the shower reminders like I use my Fitbit on you know on my wrist to like remind me of all the things and whiteboards all the so experimenting um with all the different types of strategies and then finding what works for you like you say in your book everyone is different and you're the only you're the expert on you you're the one who will know what will work best for you um so for me, that's really the, been the key. I've just I've structured myself so well at this point. Can I ask you, um, I bet you some women with ADHD who are listening would think, you know, why she's so structured? She really likes systems. And that doesn't really sound like ADHD. 
Can you explain why you might be more like that? Yeah. And still so, have ADHD? I know. And honestly, that is the why I, I just didn't, I couldn't see ADHD in myself. Um, it just didn't, it didn't make sense with, uh, I, I've been this way since I was a kid. I've always been very, very organized. Like I like to have things a certain way, but yeah. So I found out this year that I am also autistic. So that is another huge piece of it. Um, and it's the way ADHD and autism, I, I think I just kind of developed a lot of these strategies naturally through that. And also um, just through being autistic and it's, you know, wanting the structure, um, wanting things to be a certain way. Um, so it's a really interesting interplay between autism and ADHD. They're polar opposites, right? It's a really interesting interplay in a lot of ways. Um, the autism kind of helps out the ADHD and the ADHD yeah. kind of helps the autism in ways. Um, you know, I I can, yeah, like I can kind of keep myself more on track with my autistic side. And then um, I can kind of, you know, pull myself into being a little more like creative or a little more social with my ADHD side or, you know, more impulsive. And so having autism also, it really kind of hid my ADHD from me. I really couldn't see it in myself uh, because I don't like lose things. I key, I have places for all of my things. I don't misplace things and, you know, things like that. Um, but yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting interplay. <laughs> Wonderful. So you read the book, right? This is wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Uh, it's uh, taking all of the useful things from your podcast and, and putting it one place is beautifully written. It's entertaining. It's fantastic. I The piece of it for me that really, really speaks to me is your mission of changing the conversation around women in ADHD. For me, that's that's the most important part for me. I The chapters on um, why ADHD in women is often overlooked and misdiagnosed and, you know, how women and girls experience ADHD differently. It's so, it's so important um, to continue to spread this awareness, um, to spread this information and educate people because, you know, awareness is, it's, that's the key to avoiding all these negative outcomes. Like I said, for myself, I had no idea I had ADHD. And once I found out, I was able to work with it and, um, and find my strengths and really succeed. And it, Aligns with also um, what I do for a living, which I somehow haven't even mentioned yet, <laughs> even though that was the first question I think you asked me. Um, <laughs> but um, so I work for um, a national nonprofit called Girls on the Run. Mm -hmm. um, and we so we teach girls in the third to eighth grade to be joyful, healthy and confident. Um, so it's an after school program. Our curriculum integrates running and other forms of physical activity into the curriculum. It really emphasizes that important connection between physical and emotional health. And so we mm -hmm. we reach them at an age when just the experience of being a girl in our society is it's starting to bring their confidence down. So we are reaching them at this really critical age and giving them the awareness of the issues that they're going to face and teaching them these life skills at this crucial age. Um, to prevent negative outcomes in the future. So it's something that I got involved in my early 30s. Um, it's like, I, I used to say, we're teaching these girls everything that I had to learn in therapy as an adult. It's something that everyone who's involved with this program will say, I wish I had this program when I was a kid. And 
So it's the same. It's the same with ADHD. I if like if I had known earlier that I had mm-hmm. ADHD, if I had had that awareness, and if I had learned the skills I needed at a younger age, I mean, who who knows? I could have avoided so much heartache and anxiety and all the all the things. Um, so really, that that for me is why your mission resonates with me so much. It really just aligns with my personal experience and how you know. What is it you always say? Your greatest purpose brings me things to your past. I've probably misquoted it, but something like that. So for me, I feel like that's why this book is so important um, to keep spreading the word. And the more the more women and girls that can learn about what it looks like and can see ADHD in themselves at an earlier age and to put those strategies into place sooner, gosh, we could just help so many people. So that's really what to me speaks speaks to me um, with your book. Absolutely. Because, you know, I try to keep it light, obviously. I'm always about the positive emotion and the joy and strengths and all that. But the truth of the matter is there is a segment of the population that is really struggling with ADHD. We know the statistic bears out that 24% of women with ADHD will attempt suicide. So this is important work. And it doesn't have to be like this if we can get the word out, which is, yeah why we did this, right? Yes. Yes. Anyway, Stephanie, you've been such a joy to speak with. I am wondering if anybody really resonates with what you're saying and they want to reach out to you, would that be okay? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I'm not great at social media, um, but I do do actually have an Etsy shop. Um, I I make... uh, crochet uh lace jewelry like like these earrings that i'm of wearing course you do oh my god my daughter would love those okay what's the <laughs> etsy shop the shop is called hooked the url is hookedashville.etsy.com so asheville for i live in asheville north carolina hooked like a like a crochet hook but right asheville.etsy.com so you can reach me on there yeah it was really nice to connect and talk to you Yeah, thank you so much. This was wonderful. It was really, really lovely to speak with you. Next, I have the privilege of introducing you to Ruth Malloy. Before signing up for a full-time gig as a stay-at-home mom, Ruth was a technical writer who worked in investment management. Today, Ruth is a novel writer, songwriter, singer. And I learned today that basketball was also one of her main jams. Like so many women with ADHD, Ruth has struggled with mystery illnesses and chronic fatigue. Ruth hails from beautiful Canada, which it seems to me is where all the nicest people come from. And you can find Ruth Malloy on Facebook. You can check our show notes for the links to all these wonderful women and how to get a hold of them. I want to welcome the fabulous Ruth Malloy to our podcast. Ruth, I have to tell you that I don't even recognize you from the time I first met you to today. Like everything about you is different. Can Yes. Can you introduce yourself? Could you just give us like a little one minute, you know, Ruth origin story? Sure. I, I'm a stay-at-home mom. Um, I don't do a lot because I have fatigue, but I absolutely love Tracy Tsuka, everything she's done for me getting diagnosed the best thing. And I'm so happy to be here. I'll try and get rid of my hands. I just, I love your positive outcast on life and you're never negative. And I just, 
that means so much of a difference to me. I am so much more positive. So I am curious, Ruth, um, before you were a stay-at-home mom, what did your life look like? What were some of the things that you were doing? Well, I was a technical writer for some pretty big companies. I did lots of contract work, which in the end benefited me way more than full-time work. I had one full-time job and I was so bored. Oh, let's see. Uh, it was with investments. So I wrote the mutual fund exam so I could sell mutual funds. Was there any work that you did that you were like, you know what? I really like this and I'm really good at it. Because I suspect you were probably good at all of this stuff. No? Oh, yes. And I do love writing. My most fun part of my day was when I got home and I would write creatively. I really liked that. I felt I got to write in my job, but it wasn't what I was really passionate about. I think I'm more passionate about writing novels and songs and and stuff like that. Yeah. And it makes sense, right, with these interest-driven brains that we have? Well, now that I know myself better and I understand how much music means to me, I got to tell you a short Mm -hmm. story, Tracy, because when I'm happy, I sing. But when you're at work, you can't sing. But I was (laughs) so content one day editing away the same manual for the 10th, 20th time. And I was humming because I guess I thought, you know, I could get away with that. My boss, who was across the hall with a door open in her office, walks over quietly. Ruth, is that you? Expressing joy, having fun, loving her job. Not supposed to. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So when were you diagnosed with ADHD? How long ago? I was diagnosed right uh, about a year into COVID. So... Yeah, we all know that year, 2020. It was a few years after my youngest daughter was diagnosed. So it's kind of a classic mommy diagnosis. She accepted her diagnosis and it fit her to a T. I was rather shamed by her diagnosis because there's a lot of mental stigma. But with a couple of years and my husband's acceptance of it, I started seeing myself in the books. And though everybody said I had depression, I went to a psychologist and she told me I had ADHD. And I was Mm. so relieved not to have depression, but rather astounded I did have ADHD. And I had to really press on and read books to find myself, you know, the distracted daydreamer. And then when I found your group, ADHD for Smartass Women, and I did those master series classes, I'm like, oh, There's a different way of looking at this. This isn't all just hardship and struggle. And I went into your AOK and I got this whole new perspective. I I never knew my top value was fun and it makes so much sense. That's what I spend my money on. That's what I spend my time on. All my friends, you know, we always have fun together and and I never thought about it. So To do that, it just so resonated with me and made me see myself in a new way and understand myself better. And so you were saying initially that you have a lot of mystery illnesses where you're really exhausted, but they don't really know why. That is true. Or am I putting words in your mouth? I do have that. I'm seeing an an internist now. I've seen a bunch of naturopaths, Mm. my regular doctor, et cetera, et cetera. 
And he is coming to the conclusion that, oh, it'll be chronic fatigue. He's looked at all different kinds of things and look, and thought about things. He is coming around to the idea that maybe it's mental. And if I can get a better, you know, positive mental space regularly, maybe that will mm-hmm. help me. Because I've talked about mm-hmm. that with him. So I am hopeful, but I do know I get severe backlash if I do too much. If I go with the adrenaline yes. and I just go, 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 like... Before I got diagnosed, I was in a big singing group. I was playing basketball. I was going to a Bible study Wait a minute. group. Ruth was playing basketball? Oh, yeah. There's you were so much. I don't know about you. I had to go, right? I was so restless. I would have oh, this, oh, fugue that I'd wake up Wednesday mornings after the very busy Monday, Tuesday. I'd be like walking through sludge. But I loved I love basketball. I love singing. I didn't want to give everything up. And then my body said, yeah, you got to stop. So, yeah. So have you thought about, do you think this might just be completely nervous system dysregulation that you just literally burned out because of all the quote unquote depression when in fact what it was really masking was ADHD? I do think Now, I do have some trauma from childhood. My dad was verbally abusive and he's asked for forgiveness and we're in a good place now, which is great. But I know that affected me. And I, because it happened after the birth of my first child, when everything just came crashing down and Mm -hmm. I had no energy, I really do think it's because I had to mask. I, I was trying to be someone I wasn't. It's this neurotypical world where... I didn't fit. And I was trying so hard to fit, so hard to be a wife, a mother, to cook and clean. And none of that is my bellwick. I want to be, I want to be in a band. I want to be touring. Yeah. But so what you did is you just made yourself small, right? To fit into that box. And pretty soon you don't even recognize who you are anymore. No. And that's the sad thing. I was reading in your book about how you wanted to be a dentist and (laughs) you almost flunked out of college because of it. And then you take this women's studies course and you're like, oh, that's what I wanted. Oh, this is great. But you don't go there because, oh, someone else is more passionate. Someone else is better. And I've done this. Or it doesn't pay anything. Right? Oh, yeah. And it doesn't pay anything. No. So it really got me thinking about even though I've really looked at things, reading that made me think, what was I passionate about as a kid? Yes. And of course, it's writing and stories and singing, but it's also math and physics. And I think the creativity, the exploring, oh, and being right and setting things right, you know, fighting for women, fighting for justice mm-hmm. was so strong when I was a kid. And it just kind of, left right like i'm just rediscovering all this stuff and trying to figure out where to fit it all what to do with it and i'm trying to write about it and do songs and maybe get some music going again but you know it's so interesting i was just thinking about this there is something about so i am not a music person but i'm surrounded in my family by people who live and breathe music And what I've noticed is there's something about 
the kind of person who music is so important to them that it's almost like when there isn't music, everything else gets snuffed out, you know? And I think in a lot of ways, they don't even realize it's because suddenly music isn't in their life anymore. Am I making sense? Like there's some, You're, there's a connection oh, with music that is so strong. It's so deep, Tracy. You're yeah. right on. Like with COVID, I couldn't do anything, right? And because of that, I couldn't handle music. Wow. I didn't sing. I didn't play the radio. I didn't want anybody playing music around me. Oh, no. And I didn't even realize that's because I was so deeply unhappy, right? Yeah. Because, sorry, that was just a really hard time. Yeah. And I sing when I'm happy, so. Right. That makes Seems perfect awesome. sense. And so it's almost like we push those things away not realizing that literally that music is integral to who you are. You cannot live without it. And by denying no, it, we're killing ourselves. Yeah. I'm just so, I'm yeah. so grateful that you shared that. And I just find you an incredible joy. And every time I have any interaction with you, there's something new that I discover. And I'm in complete awe of the basketball card. That just... That is so great. So you read the book. I want to know, yeah. who do you think this book is for? Well, Tracy, the book is packed full of interesting information. And I think I tried everything because it was just so much fun, even stuff that didn't agree with me. But I just, I was so excited. Well, number one, I really think it's for if you think you have ADHD and you don't know, Please read this absolutely fabulous book by Tracy Otsuka. But if you are curious about ADHD, if you think it's gotten a bad rap, or you think, why in the world are women now underdiagnosed? Why are they saying that? Read this book. If you are a partner, a spouse, a child, like this book will tell you so much about why women are underdiagnosed and what they're going through and why it only shows up at certain times, like Hormone City. It's just fabulous. I love it. I love all the work you do, Tracy. And I'm so glad you could put out a book that can just show us. It's accessible to everybody. You could describe the book in three words. What would those three words be? Progressive, interesting, worthwhile. I don't read nonfiction, Tracy. This is this is a big deal for me. And I really, to be here, I didn't let myself read fiction because I get lost in fiction books and I change. So I, I really wanted to be here and in this book. And it just amazes me how readable it is. And I love all the stories you put in. We can just relate to all the women in the book. Were there strengths of yours that, the book helped you appreciate more? Well, my optimism and my empathy for other people and my ability, I don't know, just to be me. Like, there's so many different women in this book and there's so many different stories and you're very honest with your struggles. There are so many of us out there and I honestly think if there's somebody out there who doesn't like me, I need to let you go because yeah. if someone's going to say mean things to me about this or not understand it and doesn't want to read, 
well, why are you in my life? I need good friends and I need people who support me. And so far, the friends I've already made in my life and my families, they're being very supportive. So I feel very blessed in that. And yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Ruth, it is always a pleasure. Thank you so much for who you are and what you do. And I love that haircut. Now, I'd like to introduce you to Kathy Spence, who lives outside of Toronto in Canada. In a previous life, she worked in finance, then started a photography company, and now owns a branding and media company. Kathy also has a podcast named Align and Hustle. Let's meet her. Hi, Kathy Spence. How are you? I'm very well, Tracy Otsuka. How are you? I am great. Although, what the hell was I thinking recording all of these episodes? Kathy, could you take a minute or two and share your ADHD origin story? Sure. It's actually because of you. So I heard you on a podcast, I believe, two years ago. And it was, I believe you were talking about ADHD with entrepreneurial women. And everything you were saying these light bulbs are just going off. That sounds like me. That sounds like me. That sounds like me. And I did the ADHD deep dive, read every book I could possibly get my hands on. And then after, I don't know, maybe two years realized that I need to get this diagnosed because I think also my daughter has ADHD. Mm. So was she diagnosed first? No, me. We're still, yeah. So we're still working on we're still working on her. So, okay. okay. But I, right, your book really, really helped me and started the entire journey. The book or the podcast? So, the podcast and now the book, I actually, it's arriving on the 26th. So, guess what's under the tree for my daughter? I'm part of your book team. So, I read the book in advance and my copy is coming. Well, the book copy for my daughter that my daughter will be reading is coming soon. Wonderful. So, If you look back on when you first discovered, oh my gosh, I think this might be ADHD to today, what does that journey look like? Like, what was going on with you as far as what were you struggling with? What kinds of symptoms? And how are you doing today with those same symptoms? Well, I just thought it was different than all of my friends. And, you know, we were sitting around maybe five years ago and I'm thinking about ways to grow and build new businesses. And everyone else was thinking about retiring. And I'm like, what do you mean? We're just getting started. What about this? What about this? I always had that shiny object syndrome. And I just thought I was just different from my friends. I really didn't Mm -hmm. think anything of it until perimenopause. And then at around age 48, I noticed my behavior was getting a little bit more quirky. (laughs) Like my husband seems, my husband thinks I'm quirky. So um, I just started noticing I was a little bit more forgetful. My time gaps were bigger. I just seemed a little bit more like just really on hyper focus all the time. Like if I was doing, I would stop something and then didn't realize. So it just changed in um, perimenopause, really. To be honest, I kind of resolved myself because I've been like this for so long. I just resolved myself as I'm different than my friends and this is how I function. I started to get concerned, like thinking something was wrong with me when I run a business and I wouldn't pay my bills on time. And 
some of those things were happening. And then I thought, what's wrong with me? Like, I'm so smart over here and I'm excelling over here and I'm getting late past due bills and I just would throw them aside and not even, it's like they didn't even exist. So that was a little bit concerning to me. But once I heard you and did the deep dive into the ADHD rabbit hole and understood what was happening with me, it really made me feel better about myself because I didn't think I was strange anymore. I didn't think that I was that that one that didn't fit that, you know, all my friends thought I was a little bit off or in some way, but it wasn't. It wasn't that. It wasn't just a personality trait. It really made put my life in perspective and made my personality make sense to me. Got it. Got it. I think that makes perfect sense. So once you were diagnosed and you figured out, oh, it's ADHD, Mm -hmm. what happened then? Like, why was it important for you to go through that? Well, we spoke about this because I had you on my podcast as well. And my mom is bipolar. So there was always a little voice in the back of my head saying, maybe you're crazy. So with all of the research and and that study that you mentioned from the University of Toronto, about 40 some odd percent of women or people with ADHD have perfect mental health. It just kind of was like this calm came over me that I'm okay. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm not crazy. I'm just, I am different, but it's a good different. And it can make me better. It makes me better and it makes me successful. And it just gave me a whole new perspective on my life. Yeah. So it was, if there was ever any concern or worry, you now realize that just because I have ADHD doesn't mean that there's something wrong. Mm -hmm. Like there are good parts of ADHD. There are strengths of ADHD. So I'm going to lean into them. Yeah. And when I realized so many famous, successful people have ADHD, that was just like, hey, I'm part of this cool group, like a badge of honor in a way. Yeah. No, I, I completely hear that. In fact, I mean, I say it all the time. I wouldn't give up my ADHD for anything. Like, I get that there are some weaknesses, mm-hmm. things that I just don't really care about, that I don't focus on, that I often struggle with. But as long as I can shore them up and do it in a way where I don't really have to do as much of it because I'm just not good at it, mm-hmm. it's going to be okay. It's when and that's I, what I love about your book as well, like playing to your strengths mm-hmm. and things that you value. And that really helped me kind of um, prioritize what is important to me and what matters to me and letting those other things fall away and delegate them. Now I'm not telling myself that I'm failing. It's just, this is, I'm prioritizing. It's just, it's very different. It puts a nice optimistic perspective on my life now. (laughs) And I love that because if you feel good about it, we know we need to be in positive emotion. And if you feel good about how your brain works, because you realize when you're in your strengths, like nobody can keep up, right? Mm -hmm. No. It's when we're trying to shore up those weaknesses that we just see more weaknesses, right? Whatever you focus on gets bigger. So I'm curious now, um, what are you doing that is helping you grow in more of that focus on strengths rather than shoring up the weaknesses. Mm. What is challenging you? What's challenging me now is actually what I just said about delegating, releasing control, 
and being okay with it. It's more of a surrender. And before I used to think surrender was um, just acceptance, but now I believe I'm not resisting things anymore. Before I resisted it because in my mind it was negative, but now I'm, I'm accepting it. I'm going with it. I'm moving more in the flow of it instead of trying so much to control everything. Oh, yeah. I've, and I think for those of us that do have this hyper-focus and this kind of classic achievement-drivenness, mm-hmm. that's probably the hardest thing because there was a past life, and I think you're the same way, where I could do most, if not all of that. But all of a sudden, you get to a point where you keep doing that and you keep wearing that perfectionism, right? That mask, you mm-hmm. are going to burn out. And it usually well, happens, that's what happened to me this life. year. I did. I had a huge burnout and I really needed to take a step back and say, listen, this is how I operated up until this point. And now that I know this, I need to make changes so I don't, this doesn't happen to me again. Absolutely. So if this book was a person, Mm -hmm. what would you say to it? Thank you. Oh, (laughs) thank you. And I think thank you again, because I know that since my daughter reads it, she'll feel the same. And it just. I don't know, I feel like I'm I'm part of something now. I don't know if that makes it like I feel like I belong to something now. I always used to feel like I didn't fit in at school. I was always the different one. I was always the one that was, you know, a little bit either too much or too little, depending on what stage of life you want. You caught me. <laughs> and now I just feel like I'm not an outcast. I, I belong to I just belong. I just feel like I fit. And it's again, thank you. And thank you, Tracy. You've been just so wonderful. and. It's been such a pleasure getting to know you and speaking with you. And I really am so grateful for you and this work because I know you're going to make a big difference in this world. And I can't wait to see where your star continues to shine. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. (laughs) I really do. So what would you tell someone who's on the fence about reading ADHD for smart ass women? Oh, dive right in. There's no like... Run, don't walk, buy this book, buy this book for all the women in your life. Because like I said, I didn't, I didn't even think that this could be me because my impression of ADD or ADHD was always this crazy hyper-focus of little boys in school that needed Ritalin. So it never even occurred to me. And this book opened my eyes and it changed, it really changed the way I function now. And um, so if anyone... I just think all women should read it because I know there will be some sort of common thread, either it's with themselves or someone they know or their children or someone in their family or friends. So I think everyone should read it. So run, don't walk, run to the bookstore or Amazon, buy now. (laughs) You know, and what's interesting that I know to be true is that, so if it works for the ADHD brain, it works for a neurotypical brain too, like to develop systems and strategies, because I think we are all better when we are doing things in a way that suits us instead of, oh, this is how you're supposed to do it. Right. I mean, it makes that was the thing. Some of those strategies that you list in the book, I have adopted them over time by testing things that worked for me. This, this is just like your fast lane, you know, that fast lane at Disney where you jump the ticket line. (laughs) 
it would have saved me so much. Yeah, the fast pass. This would have saved me so much time and aggravation. And I think I just would have started feeling a lot better about myself a lot sooner. Well, Kathy, it's been such a pleasure to have met you um, through out of all, you know, through all this book frenzy. And um, I just wanted to thank you for being part of our mission. And we're just so justice sensitive, right? So we need to like join something. And like you said, when you're around ADHD women, you realize that, oh, wait, they're my people. (laughs) So, Kathy, if someone wants to uh, connect with you, where would they go? You can reach me on my branding website, www.kathyspence.com, or you can listen to my podcast at Align and Hustle on Spotify and Apple, Instagram at Kathy Spence Portrait or Kathy Spence Health. Wonderful. Okay. And Kathy Spence is K-A-T-H-Y-S-P-E-N-C-E.com, right? Correct. Yes. Thank you. Thanks, Tracy. Guess who's in the wings now? None other than the kind and thoughtful Esther Nagel, who definitely beats the tune of her own, well, violin. I met Esther when she was part of our first Your ADHD Brain is A-OK cohort. Esther lives in Wales and has been a system support technician, fundraiser, yoga teacher, and copywriter. But she has found her real passion and purpose in recovery. And now she works as a recovery coach for midlife women. You can find Esther at redshoesrecovery.com. Hello, Esther Nagel. How are you? Very well, thank you, Tracy. Can we start with your, oh, I don't know, one or two minute ADHD story? Um, yes, I got, I, I was diagnosed four years ago now. I worked it out. Um, about a year or so previously when I started looking into um, wondering if my son, Marcus, had ADHD. And I didn't see Marcus quite as much as I saw myself. And yeah, when I figured getting diagnosed with ADHD kind of made my entire life make sense in ways that nothing ever had before. And then less than a month after I got diagnosed, I found this amazing Facebook group called ADHD for smart-ass women, and my ADHD made an awful lot more sense after listening to you. Yeah, it's been an interesting journey of trying to figure out who I am after not being sure for so long. And so it's been four years, and I'm curious, what did your life look like at the beginning when you discovered you had ADHD versus today? So I remember when when I was diagnosed, there was a, a real sort of conflict of being really happy that I finally had some, un- some answers as to why the hell am I like this was suddenly there. But then there was this terrible grief and a real like, okay, so who the hell am I? I remember asking in the Facebook group, because I'd been listening to Russell Barkley and I got very upset and I was... Very, very upset. I came into your Facebook group and I said, I don't know, where do I end and where does this thing begin? Or, where, or the other way around, where does ADHD end? And I, I felt like I wasn't a person. I think I, remember, I think I said something like, I feel like I'm just an avatar for ADHD. And you, you said, I am, I am Esther and I am Esther because 
I have ADHD. And so then it really helped me to kind of process all these new things I was learning about myself because every time I came across that what if question, I was able to say, yeah, but that's why this is okay because you had to go through all that to get to where you are now and it's all good. And, you know, the, it gave me that ability to just make peace with a lot of things I was not at peace with before that. So yeah, real roller coaster, but yeah, you certainly helped. <laughs> and so who are you today as compared to who you are then? <laughs> who I am today? Well, it's there's still a journey of discovery because now I'm menopausal and there's that whole layer of like, who the hell am I now? I'm mm-hmm. 51 in a couple of days. and But I think the main difference between myself now and myself then is that I've got this whole level of self-compassion and acceptance that wasn't that I still drive myself crazy. I still, I still have ADHD. My brain sometimes doesn't do what I want it to do, but I'm able to accept like, okay, so maybe I overestimated what I was going to be capable of today. And that's why I couldn't do, you know, cause yeah. So it's mostly, um, much bigger, uh, a much greater self-compassion and acceptance of what I thought of was flaws before. I don't call them flaws anymore. They are who I am and I don't need to try and pretend that I'm hyper-organized. I don't need to try and pretend that I'm any different now because I can just, I don't use my ADHD as an excuse, but it's a reason that helps me to understand why I sometimes feel like I'm not doing life quite how I want to, that, that, you know, it, it, when in, in, in the book, you talk about the perfectionism and I've recently had a big, big kind of light bulb moment about my perfectionism that sometimes it will just stop me completely. And so now I can look at that and I can, I can treat myself like I would a, a friend and I can mm. say, you know, it's okay. You can try this again, or maybe this isn't the right thing for you to be doing. You know, maybe you're trying to do too much right now, and maybe you need to just do the one thing that you're trying to do instead of 20 things all at the same time. Um, and yeah, I think that, that acceptance of who I am and compassion for myself is, is huge. I love that. So did you read the book? And so if you could describe the book in three words, what would they be? Oh, God. Um, in three words, emotional. I, I've got very emotional reading it. Um, revelation. <laughs> um, you know, I thought I knew lots about ADHD, and I, I did, but I've learned lots more. And um, compassion, again, compassion. That's a, and what one thing? forward. Warmth is a huge one in this. It's felt like I've had you sitting in my house talking to me when I've been reading this. Your warmth, your humor has been huge. But in terms of how I've experienced it more, you know, personally, it's been really enlightening, really um, life-changing and very uplifting. So what would you tell someone who's on the fence about reading ADHD for Smartass Women? Oh, do it. Absolutely do it. 
I really struggle with reading books these days, but I have, it's, you, it's just such a beautiful book to read. It's so easy to read, you know, get with information, with knowledge, with your wisdom, but it's really easy. It's not a heavy sort of book. It's full of hope as well. So if you're, you know, if you're newly diagnosed or you're thinking that you might be, um, and you're struggling with that, it's going to give you hope. Um, you, you talk directly about hope in the book. And I think that's the one thing that I, I remember when I first got diagnosed feeling like, well, okay, it's great to know this, but now I'm stuck with it. You know, I, I and, and feel that sense of hopelessness that you can feel with, right? This is my brain. I'm not getting another one. What the hell do I do? But your book is just so hopeful and it's so positive and your absolute conviction that having ADHD, as long as you figure out how to manage it, becomes this amazing gift. It's just in every word. It's just a beautiful read. I I just, I can't recommend it enough. Oh, Um, yeah. I want to know what you were doing before when you were first diagnosed with ADHD and what are you doing now that is different, that really lights you up, that, you know, has become part of your purpose, if not your purpose, your total purpose? Well, when I was first diagnosed, I think, I think I was, I was job hunting when I first got my diagnosis or I just started it. I was, yeah, I was job hunting because I'd been working as a yoga teacher and I sort of realized that I was never going to make any money as a yoga teacher. So I started looking for a job. And then over the course of the last few years, I've done, I've done your course and I've done a lot of um, self-discovery. And what I realized last, this, at the end of last year, um, just that my mom died, as you know, at the end of 2021. And, and that, again, that, that prompted some reflection. And I realized that what really lights me up is talking about recovery. I, I had uh, 20 years of, of alcohol issues. I've been sober for nine years. What really lights me up is talking about recovery, about different pathways to recovery, about the fact you don't have to go to AA and helping people to, inspiring people to see that a sober life can be different than society might make us think. I trained this year to be a recovery coach and I get to help people to explore and find their own life of sobriety, which just, yeah, it, that's, you, you say that uh, the best purpose makes, makes, was it make sense of our past? Yeah. I think that's what you taught me. And yeah. So can I ask yeah. you, when you're in that area and you're wearing that hat, is life so easy? It's getting there now like very I'm still in that early stage but when I'm actually in that talking to people about it oh my gosh yeah it yeah. just I could talk about it all day do you think yeah. it's your ADHD and your ADHD traits that allow you to really excel in that area definitely i've often been told that i'm very passionate and I get very exuberant about things. And that's definitely the ADHD, you know. And I, I, I mean, I can't sit still for a second. And I do, I get so passionate and so just animated about it. I think I just can't help but take people along for the ride. And because I 
I have a lot of fun as well. And so I think I'm really good at showing people that that you can find plenty of joy in life without it. And I'm always out going to see bands and doing lots of fun things. So my joy at my sobriety, I think that is definitely the ADHD. I don't even try and hide it anymore. (laughs) So where can people find you, Esther, if they want to know more about you? So my website is Red Shoes Recovery. My business is called Red Shoes Recovery. And um, yeah, redshoesrecovery.com. I'm on uh, Facebook and Instagram as well. Same name, Red Shoes Recovery. Wonderful. Come and say hello. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us, Esther. And last but certainly not least, meet Marie Gatch. Marie is a young mother that I'd never met before. She reached out to me on Instagram after randomly discovering ADHD for smart-ass women in a Barnes & Noble in Syracuse, New York. It wasn't supposed to be there yet, but for Marie, it was. Welcome, Marie Gatch. Did I pronounce your name right? You did, yes. (laughs) So we have never met before. I would just love to know a little bit about your ADHD story. Yep, of course. So I would say I didn't realize it until a couple of years ago. And growing up, it was a huge part. It affected me so much, especially I would say, you know, my mom would give me a list of chores to do and it would just be a few, like four or five or something. And I would only remember one, you know, or... You know, she'd be talking to me and I'd hear the first couple things. And then, you know, on the third thing, I'd just go off on this, you know, dream thing in my head and fast forwarding all the things, you know. So those were just minor. And then there was the procrastination and I'm always late. Oh, my gosh. I'm known in my family for being late. And so you just add all these things together. And um, and I'm like okay, I'm trying to work on each one of them and I can't seem to get anywhere. And, you know, I uh, was terrible at organizing things. My room just, you know, always looked like a mess. My mom's like, this looks like a tornado in it, you know, every day. And I keep trying to clean it up, but I'm like, now I don't know where anything is. And I would get organization books, you know, later on in my teen years and nothing seemed to help. So finally, uh, I think it was about three years ago, I heard something about ADHD. And so I started looking into it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is literally me. I was so excited, literally so excited. I'm like, I feel like I just unlocked a new part of me, you know? And it's not that something was wrong with me because that's how I felt the whole time, you know? Like, you know, something is missing. I don't know. But it was so cool to figure out, oh, my brain is just wired differently, you know? Like, that's awesome. So you didn't feel any of the regret or the shame that a lot of women feel. You were just like, yeah, I figured out yeah. what's going on. I'm exactly. just like you. Yeah. yeah. And I was so excited. <laughs> okay. So, so fast forward today. So did yeah. you make any changes at point? So I did. I tried to implement some things. And it's funny because some of the sort of coping mechanisms or, you know, changes I'd already made were the ones that were recommended in ADHD books. And I was like, whoa, I was ahead of the game, you know? (laughs) So I have pretty much, you know, before I got married last year, I had a pretty good thing going, I felt like, you know? 
And uh, I felt so on top of things. I was like, wow, this is the best I've ever been when it comes to organization and scheduling. Timing was still off. You know, I was I'm late for everything still, but <laughs> everything else was pretty good. And then um, I got married and we had our baby on the 4th of July this year, which was a surprise. Um, so new <laughs> baby. Yes. Yes. The whole thing just threw me for a loop, you know? Ever since then, I've just felt totally not like myself. I mean, obviously, we love our baby and um, that's been really exciting. But I just, I don't know. I think my executive function completely tanked. And I know you had mentioned something in your book about estrogen yeah. and links. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting because I thought I might have had some postpartum depression and that mm -hmm. just really clicked. Yeah. Um, so let me just say that estrogen modulates dopamine and dopamine is the motivation hormone or neurotransmitter. So that yeah. is exactly what we either don't make enough of or we process it differently. So mm -hmm. we tend to struggle in those periods when yeah. our hormones are either bouncing around or they're shooting up or shooting down. And we know in postpartum, their estrogen especially oh. is shooting down. So I'm yeah. curious with you, how were you during pregnancy? Because that's when we get a flood of dopamine where you really, did you struggle so much less with symptoms during pregnancy? Honestly, I felt really, really good in the second yeah. trimester, like amazing. Mm -hmm. And I think even the third, I just was like, you know, I was at the point where people are usually saying, oh my gosh, like, I just want to have this baby now, you know? And yes. I'm like, whatever, I don't care, you know? Like, I've never been so productive in my life. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Keep no. going. I'm sorry. I'm interrupting. Oh, no, no. No. So then um, it's kind of funny. So my husband and I, we go to Barnes & Noble pretty often in the evenings when he gets off of work. And recently, I've been really, you know, taking in all the ADHD information that they have there. And so we went two nights in a row this week. And the second night, I was like, that's a new book. <laughs> and it just practically jumped off the shelf at me, you know, with the cover and everything. I love it. Yes. <laughs> ADHD um, for Smartest Women, our book. Our book. <laughs> and so I got so excited. I was like, this is exactly what I've been looking for, you know, because it's just so hard to find ADHD books geared specifically towards women. Um, so I went and sat down and read it probably 137 pages in 45 minutes. I mean, I was just zooming through it. <laughs> it was great. And I was like, oh my word, this is amazing. There were so many things in there that I had not read in other ADHD books, obviously, and just so much new information. Um, so I just obviously talked my husband's ear off on the way home <laughs> and uh, and then went and joined your group. And I'm, I'm just so excited to be here now. <laughs> Oh, so did you feel like there was a part of the book that was written just for you? Oh, my goodness. There were so many. I love I love how you talk about time and, and the cube you mentioned using. I don't remember the name of it specifically. A data um, cube, time cube. I'm yes. holding it up right now. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So I really want to implement a few of the tips that you put in there, especially, uh -huh. you know, being a stay at home mom, trying to get all the things done and take care of the baby. Um I feel like that would be super helpful. And uh, let me think. I know there were several other other things. You talked about um, emotions tapping. That's what it was. Um, yeah. 
that I found super interesting and I really want to learn more about. Yeah. Um, and let's see. Trying to remember. I actually wrote some notes here. Oh, that's one thing. So phone calls and me. Oh, my gosh. So I, you oh. know, I've got lots of pretty good friends and um, my cousins. We kind of were long distance now and we were really close growing up. And so, of course, we want to stay in touch. And I'm just terrible about talking on the phone, you know, and they're always like, oh, my gosh, I can never get a hold of you on the phone. Like we never talk. And I feel so bad because I'm like, I love you guys. I want to stay in touch, but I've got to have this hour just blocked out or, you know, I'm never I'm not going to be able to do it. So that, you know, when you said that in your book, I was like, wow, that's an ADHD thing, too. OK, I'm not just going crazy. <laughs> Well, I mean, if you think about it for you, is it that you feel like your time is so limited and you have yes. to get the best use of it? And so to spend yes. an hour talking on the phone, like, I totally love you, but let's get together, right? right. Let, let's actually see each, each other instead of just, yeah. like, what are we going to talk about? Like, is exactly. it just going to be, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I've gotten way worse because I remember <laughs> when I was a teenager, I was on the phone all the time. But of course, <laughs> I didn't have all these other responsibilities, exactly. right? Yep. Yeah, I was the same way. <laughs> so what would you tell someone who's on the fence about reading ADHD for smart-ass women? Oh, my gosh. Just read it. Literally, just read it. I mean, for me, I'm all about finding out all the information, you know? But if you've got this accessible to you and you're struggling or you're not sure if you've got ADHD and you've got a few of the symptoms and... Like, hmm, maybe I should figure this out. This is the first book you should go to. Absolutely. Especially, you know, being a woman, we're just coming to the forefront of ADHD. And I think your book is huge. <laughs> I loved it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Is there anything else that you want to say that you haven't already said before I ask you if people, well, let's start with that. Is there anything else you want to say? <laughs> so, yeah, you have it. I just want to say that I've been an aspiring writer. I loved writing ever since I was little. Oh. And um, I used to make up stories for my cousins. And I think, you know, what you said about ADHD and having a crazy imagination and the creativity, I just loved that. And I kind of had a, a block, I feel like, when it comes to writing, because I had this specific idea in my head of what, you know, you have to do in order to write a book or become an author. And, you know, what you wrote in your book has really inspired me to just go for it and uh, not really stick to a box and just, you know, write my story. So <laughs> thank you for that. I love that, Marie. And, and the deal is that if I can do it, anybody can do it, because I am telling you <laughs> that, you know, I always I joke around. I'm Dorothy Parker. I hate writing, yeah. but I love having written. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So, Marie, if anybody resonates with your story and they want to reach out to you, is there a place they can do that? I mean, I'm kind of quiet on social media, but I do have one. So if anyone would want to reach out, I'm just Marie Gatch on Facebook and okay. on Instagram. It's Mrs. Gatch 22. OK, MRS. Yes. MRS Gatch 22 on Instagram and Marie yes. Gatch on Facebook. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to meet you. Oh, my goodness. I am so excited to meet you, too. Thank you. 
Good luck to you. And you know, the beauty of this is you've got this little tiny baby. And so should that baby share your brain? Guess what? He now has a parent, a mom who gets it, right? Exactly. You read the book, you you will get it. And this is what's going to make a difference in your child's life. That you realize that if, you know, if they have some of these symptoms, it's not a moral failing. It's not that Mm -hmm. they're not trying hard enough. It's neurobiology. And let's use positive emotion and help them be the best them that they can possibly be. Right? Exactly. That's so well said. Thank you. (laughs) I love it. Thank you, Marie. So that's what I have for you for this week. If you like this episode, please let us know by leaving a review. Our goal is to change the conversation around ADHD, helping as many women as we possibly can learn how their ADHD brains work so that they too may discover their amazing strengths. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you here next week. And don't forget, go pre-order our book at ADHDforsmartwomen.com forward slash book. Do it now before you forget and go get the bonuses. The book is out and available. Finally, you've been listening to the ADHD for Smart Ass Women podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Atsuka. Join us at ADHDforsmartwomen.com where you can find more information on my new book, ADHD for Smartass Women, and my patented Your ADHD Brain is A-OK system to help you get unstuck and fall in love with your brilliant brain.